0: Log Talk
1: Radio The following has taken place during Total Sports Live
0: checking out the podcast here and on TuneIn Radio. Make sure you download the TuneIn Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices. we got a great show for you guys tonight as we're going to give you a little bit of all three sports talk. Last time we talked to you guys, we're talking about the NBA Finals, but tonight we're going to bring you some strictly Philadelphia sports talk as we got the NBA draft coming up on Thursday, and we're also going to look at a horrific week in the the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, and it was not good. But we're going to talk about the Sixers tonight. they will definitely believe But also joining me always on this show is the one and only my co-host Angela Maitoni. Angela, how are you doing tonight?
2: Oh, I am so fabulous tonight. You know, not to really harp on it, but it was great to see uh, uh, the Warriors, you know, win on the Cavs floor. So congratulations, Golden State, and even furthermore, congratulations Andre Iguodala. Not gonna harp on it, but it was pretty awesome to see.
0: Definitely was pretty good to see. Definitely was pretty good to see and guess congratulations to the Igadala Finals MVP. Who really knew the kid that we drafted in 04 will become the and will become finals MVP. we how things go in the draft. And since we are talking about the draft, let's bring on our guest for tonight. Joining me, senior editor of section two one five dot com of the Philadelphia sports site on fan on the fan side of network. He he was on the show. I think it was last summer when we were talking about I think it was last summer or the summer before I think it was last summer when we were talking about the Phillies draft. But he's on here tonight talking about the NBA with the Sixers and the NBA draft. Tim Kelly of section two one five dot com. Tim, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for coming on.
1: No problem. I'm glad to be on. Glad to talk Sixers and anything else Philly sports related.
0: <laughs> definitely. Let's talk let's jump right in with the Sixers. There's a lot of you know, you definitely with what you guys are doing there, Section Twenty Five I guess I always tell you fabulous job what you guys are doing over there. Guys are doing a lot of good stuff with this um with the with the draft coverage and there's a lot of intrigue about where the Sixers should go at three. We got the contingent early on that said D'Angelo Russell, this is the guy, this is the point guard, we need him. Then there was the contingent that said Nunez, and now we have the contingent that's saying, and then you got the little contingent that's saying, don't forget about Mario Hazonia. In your, in, in your opinion, what should the Sixers do with their pick at three? Should they go best player available, like say, for example, the Lakers go Russell 2 and Jalo Okafor sitting at three? Or should they just go with a point guard if Okafor is off the board, and there's Russell or Moody sitting here at three. What do you think they should do?
1: A lot's going to depend on how the board falls in front of them. I think it's it's not a complete lock, but I'm pretty sure the Timberwolves at one are going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. And then what the Lakers do at number two is obviously going to determine who's available at number three, I think. With them declining Jordan Hill's option the other day, it looks pretty clear that they plan on going Julio Okafor and then you sit at three and you you try and decide who is the best player available. If Jaleel Okafor falls to three, I'm absolutely taking him. I think at three, you can make a case for a few different guys, but you're not really taking a point guard because – you need a franchise point guard. You need to take them because you think that's the best player available in the draft. And frankly, I think mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell at that pick would be. I think Sam Hinkie also likes Emmanuel Mudiay, and then we know Porzingis, who obviously is not a point guard, is also in play at that pick as well. But yeah, I, I think, especially given the news of Joel and B, where you really you're just adding the best players available right now because you don't have any certain pieces really besides Nerlens Noel. Moving forward, you have some nice bench pieces in Jeremy Grant and Robert Covington and Tony Roden, but Nerland's knowledge, you're one guy that you can really trust right now. You're not sure what you're going to get out of Joel Embiid. So, yeah, I think at this point you need to take the best player available, but that may end up being the point guard.
0: Definitely, definitely. And, and it's funny that you just mentioned uh, Chris Dabs for Pr- This guy is. Flying up draft boards, it seemed like the past few weeks. There even was reports—if you know, people can take a reports or smokescreens that the Lakers are interested at in, too. I know Lakers fans are so kind of pissed if Porzingis went to them at two and he saw Okafor. If they don't take Okafor, but but tell the, the Philadelphia sports fans that, who may not know about Porzingis. Tell them, tell them a little bit about his game. I, know I read his his uh, interview deal with uh, with Woj, and it was great. He basically came out and said. He doesn't want to look like this, just you know, skinny, you know, this skinny white dude that you know that comes out of Europe and can't play. You know, he's trying to defeat the notion of Darko Milicic and Andrea Barnardi Tell fans about who this guy is and pretty much why is he like becoming intriguing to many teams like the Sixers. And I remember seeing on Section 205 uh, the Sanders reports that the Sixers, you know, are Hankey's like that's that's one of Hanky's like the guys that he's keeping an eye on.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is that a lot of these draft boards are made during the college basketball season, and they don't factor in international players until we really get a clearer view of what they're doing. Guys like Sam Hinkie are all across the globe watching players play. So if he's head over heels for Sam Hinkie, like that report from Liberty Ballers said last week, then he's head over heels because he's seen him play, he's liked his workouts, and. There's a lot to like with Chris Tops Porzingis. He would not be my pick at three, but I think the idea that, well, if we don't get D'Angelo Russell at three, it's a bad pick. I think that that's a stupid way for Sixers fans to look look at things, because he really is not a bad pick. In last year's draft, I think he would have gone three, probably above Joel Embiid. He runs the four well. He's seven foot. Um, and he's someone whose stock is rising really because he has great measurables, he has a nice shooting stroke, and like you said, he interviews well. It's 2015, so I don't think that the idea that, well, because in 2003 Darko Milicic didn't work out, that somehow means Mm -hmm. that every international player should have a thing put against them. I think if Chris Taps Porzingis, they feel is the best player at three, then that's who they should take at three. I think he's going to be a quality NBA player, and I I don't always think that about international prospects. I didn't like uh, Dante Exum coming out last year, but I really do like Porzingis, just not necessarily as much as some of the other options there.
0: Definitely, definitely. We're on the line here with Senior editor of Section Two One Five dot com, Tim Kelly, and uh and and we got this tweet on Twitter as you as you saw from a fan that tweeted us before the show saying, can we talk about how how uh how the uh how the lottery picks will unfold with the Sixers dictating the fi- the future of the Knicks, which which brings me into my next question. Do you see the Sixers making a draft day trade? Because it just been seeming like the past couple of seasons, the Sixers have made that draft day trade. They, you know, they traded they traded Nerlens, they traded you Holiday to get Nerlens well. Then last year we saw the trade with the Magic. They had Sixers selected Peyton and then then traded and got Saurich. Do you think that there? Do you think that there possibly will be a trade that happens on draft day?
1: I think it's a, it's a very real possibility. Um, The Sixers have a ton of future first-round picks. I think it's six, depending on what Mm -hmm. translates with protected picks and things like that, over the course of the next three years. So if they decide at three, they get someone that they like, whether that's Porzingis, Russell, Moody, whatever, and – the, they take. let's say they take D'Angelo Russell and at four the Knicks decide we don't have a first-round pick next year and we have a valuable pick right here in the fourth, but there's not necessarily a guy that we want, so let's move this for a future pick. The Sixers have numerous picks where they're going to be able to move that. I mean, the idea that they're going to package a bunch of second-round picks and somehow end up back in the top ten it's kind of far-fetched. But I think if the Sixers take D'Angelo Russell at three and maybe the Knicks aren't as high on Moutier or they don't want poor it it's a very real possibility that they could trade. And I think Chris Sheridan or Sheridan Hoops was one to say the other day that, you know, the Sixers have a ton of assets and they could potentially move back into that spot. And, Regardless of what happens with Joel Embiid, if you walk out of this draft with one of Moutier and Russell and Porzingis, it, it, it's hard not to look at this team's future as extremely bright.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's not too you know, it's not too hard to look at that. And you know, before we wrap this up here, again, thanks for coming on. Last thing, I know me and you talked about this on Twitter a couple of nights ago, what do you think about the uh what do you think about the Sixers jerseys, the new jerseys in the stripes in the stars that they added on added to them?
1: Yeah, you know, when when I when I was seeing like the artist renditionings of them, I didn't like it. I thought, Oh my god, this feels like a a Philadelphia women's softball league team uniform but I actually <laughs> really like them a lot. I, the the white old oh, <laughs> The white ones are fresh. I like the blue ones, and I, I hated the old red jerseys, and I was happy when they kind of moved that away from that the last couple of years. This one's pretty nice. I like the stars are a nice touch. It's an alternate jersey, so it works. I mean, push comes to shove. I still would have gone back to the Iverson era, white and blue ones, but that that's not going to happen. So I, I like these jerseys, and hopefully this jer- these jersey change uh, allows this team moving forward to, kind of begin a new era of basketball, which was the hope from Scott O'Neill and a lot of the people in the organization when they decided to make this change. Definitely, I like the theory, I think that... but I
2: resent your remark about the female softball players. We're tough as nails, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but the, the stars, it feels like a woman. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm playing with you. I'm joking with you. I get it. I get, I get what you're with the analogy you were trying to make.
0: I, def- I think we can all agree before we let Tim go. I think we can all agree that their jersey is better than the Clippers jersey by far and by yeah. far and away.
1: Yes. Yes. Agreed. All
0: right. Thanks. Thanks again, Tim, for coming on. And where can people, you know, find your work at? Where can they check out? You know, where can they, you know, check your work out and check the rest of your staff's work out at before we let you go? Uh, check
1: it out at section215.com. We're going to be crazy with the amount of uh, information we're pumping out for Sixers fans for uh, the MLB trade deadline's not far off. And then, uh, obviously, anything that comes up with the Eagles and the Flyers, Phillies, major pro sports teams, we're there for it. And then, also, you can follow me on Twitter at TimKelley underscore 215.
0: So, there you go, folks. Make sure you check out section215.com. Make sure you follow Tim also on Twitter and Section215 on Twitter. Tim, thanks again for coming on, and we're definitely glad to have you coming back on, especially when Trade Day line walks, walks works around for the Phillies, because so they're probably going to have a lot to talk about that. But thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks, Tim. No problem. Always fun.
0: So that was Tim Kelly of Section215.com. Great talk. Great talk. Great talk about the fixtures. And, uh, and Angela, I think we definitely gotta continue on this uh six years talking. That was a really that was a really good segment. I gotta yeah, say it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, he had some really good things to say. He had some really great insights. I mean, honestly, I'm kinda of spoiled and I still really want the Russell and I just don't wanna kinda of entertain any other options until that's the that's the reality of it, but that's just how I am. And that's how I feel. So, but I mean, I can see like other options, but D'Angelo Russell is really who I want. You know, I've been saying it for like what like over two months now. That's who I want them to take. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I definitely he's there, yeah, I been really agree. been on the bandwagon. We, yeah, oh, he did yeah. definitely really before
2: good. it was a bandwagon.
0: Yeah, before before yeah exactly before it was a bandwagon. You got that right. And also, if you want to get in and give us your comments or talk about Sixers door Phillies, you can call in at 323-642-1256. 323-642-1256. You can call in to talk about Sixers right now when we're talking about Phillies a little bit later on. But if we also want oh, get Phillies. Chance, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to talk about. But we uh, got a couple of tweets coming in. <laughs> we got a couple of tweets coming in right now on Twitter from Kurt Jenkins, you know, from oh, the Block. Yeah, Kurt tweeted in some stuff here to the towards Live on Twitter. He said, with the Sixers expect the unexpected, that can mean either a lot or it can mean nothing. Sixers don't need the Bottom line, not at three. And he said also, last tweet, he also said the Sixers' uniforms are ten times better than the Clippers' uniforms. I agree with all three of his points. <laughs> I, agree I mean, I agree
2: with the I agree with the uniform thing, but let's be realistic here. They didn't really change the uniform that much. It's the same uniform; they just have stars down the side, and it says Phyllis instead of "Sixers." I mean, it's not. It wasn't really any kind of drastic change. It wasn't like the uniforms that they changed when they changed like, to the Allen Iverson era Sixers. Like that was a that was a drastic change.
1: Yeah, not, really not really sure that much of change. Like, yeah, okay,
2: well, it didn't, yeah, it didn't really do that much. I mean, they're nice. They are nice. They are beautiful uniforms, but kind of the same thing. We're just kind of like stars down the side and fill in. Sort of, like, I don't really see, like, any kind of, you know, like, look at our new uniforms. Yes, it's the same damn thing.
0: They would, that would've been pretty cool though. They had went back to the Al Iverson uh years. That would have been really cool. They had, they had bought that. Oh back, yeah, they're considered
2: throwback now.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. But that would have been so cool if they uh that would have been so cool if they had did that. But thanks again for Kurt tweeting in. Thanks for Tim for joining us. If you guys wanna tweet in, call in, you can do whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable doing because 'cause we'll retweets on the air. If you got no problem with that. You can do that. So let's continue talking on with the Sixers talk. There's many different options that the Sixers could go with at the third pick. And, like, we just, like, at Tim, we just laid it out. You got Russell, Moutier, Okafor if the Lakers go, Russell. You got Przingis, And then there is one guy I did not bring up, which is he is really the mystery man in all this talk about the NBA draft. And that is Mario pizzonia from FC Barcelona. The kid is pretty much a self proclaimed he's pretty much a self proclaimed badass. And what I mean by saying, and what I mean by saying that he's a self proclaimed uh when he's a self proclaimed badass, uh he said uh on a com I think it was it was a comment that he made a couple of days ago. I saw it, I'm trying to pull this up for you guys. Yeah. Was on SB Nation and it said Hazonia was asked if he went to go see Lionel Messi play. You know, the greatest one, one of the greats, one of the great soccer players of our generation, generation that we're seeing. That Hazonia was asked if he went to go see Lionel Messi play for FC Barcelona. Hazonia responded with this: "Let Messi come to see me. Not the other He's way around." I appreciate Let. that. <laughs> I appreciate it too that's 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 some that's some really good that's some really good uh that's some confidence I really love the confidence but angela there's just a lot of options for the sixers at three and you know you definitely i think you yeah, you are still on the same page as you know getting Russell and taking him at three but if the sixers if the Lakers somehow say to the sixers, you know what we're taking Russell, screw you guys. We're going to put you on the spot at three. And then happens, it would be the second year.
2: And then it would be the second year in a row that the tanking strategy tanked. It would be the second mm-hmm. year in a row. If that happens, if the Lakers take you, the Sixers really won, which they could. You never know. They could. They could just, despite them, like screw you guys and and your like, yeah, you know, your your embarrassment to the league and all that. Which let's be let's be real here, a lot of teams. In the NBA are not really too fond of what the Sixers are trying to do right now. Yeah, given the unfortunate draft system, it's the only way to get good in the NBA, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the other teams that are ahead of them have to agree with it and have to like it. And if they're ahead of them, they hold the cards.
0: Right.
2: I mean, I don't know. I just, listen, I want them to take the best player available. You know, they're Mm – they're not good enough to draft for need. And that that's that's true with any sport. You know, when you're not really that good of a team, you have to take the best player available. Would I love right. it to be D'Angelo Russell? Of course I would. We all know that I want that he's who I want. And you know, we've got skeptics that say he might be another Evan Turner. No, he's not another Evan Turner. He is a playmaker and he is a a superstar. He has the makings to be a superstar in the NBA. Yeah, Moody mm-hmm. I'm not really too fond of because he's a game manager that can't shoot. And if you traded Michael Carter-Williams away, then why are you going to draft another Michael Carter-Williams? It doesn't make any sense. He's wasted a year right. and all that. That's why I'm not too jazzed on Moody. I, I mean, everyone else, like, look, as long, if it's the best player available and it's a player that's going to help their team, then fine. But give me another reason to hate the Lakers if they take – Russell, just to spite the Sixers, which could very well happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's like one of the, you know, one of the, you know, craziest things that, you know, could happen in this draft. The Lakers could do that. But, like Tim pointed out, it all, all signs looks like, since, you know, Jordan Hill's not returning, it all looks like they should go big man. That's the obvious one for the Lakers fans. I mean, do they have, I mean, they might be getting a billboard to say draft a big man. Don't do anything else stupid. Like just draft a big man because the op- it's sitting there on the board for him to take Jalil Okafor. And if you're Kobe, I would go to your. Uh, and I had the discussion with uh, somebody with somebody with somebody else before. I said the Lakers do not need a point guard. They drafted a point guard last year in Jordan Clarkson, who made first team all rookie, all first uh, all rookie first team all all rookie their share as a point guard. They don't need a point guard. They're perfect. They're fine with that. You need a big man. You need somebody that you can pair with Julius Randle in the front court. Give Kobe Okafor. Let him do work. You don't need the point guard there so it all falls into the hands of the Sixers with D'Angelo Russell. But the thing is here with the Sixers is that there's reports going around and we all know how reports are going to go this week, Angelo. We already know how this is going to go this week. Is it a rumor? Is it buzz? Is it a smokescreen? Whatever, whatever. There is a report that came out today saying that D'Angelo Russell is not, uh, what was it said? The D'Angelo Russell is not a fan of playing for the Sixers. That's the buzz, and I say buzz with the quotation marks around it.
1: Well,
2: I mean, it would. I mean, I guess that would kind of make sense because he canceled his workout with the Sixers. Yeah, but not now
0: that I'm really on. I'm not, right? Yeah, not that yeah. I'm
2: really on board with that. But I mean, it would kind of make sense because he did cancel his workout. But I mean, not that, that could also come down to like a myriad of things, like maybe he wasn't feeling well, or he felt like the NBA Combine they'd see enough of him, or you know, this that and the third. It doesn't necessarily. It, it's not. I mean, I think maybe that rumor might be spawned off the fact that he canceled his workout on the Sixers, which that could what? very well be the cause, but there are also other things that could be the cause for it. I don't know. I mean, listen, do I think he's as good of a player to pull a J.D. Drew on the city? No, I don't think he is. I think if the Sixers drafted him, he's not going to be like, no, I don't want to play and then have to you know worry about his his stuff later on. No right. so I think i mean j D Drew was a great player, but he was played by injury his entire career, and I guess maybe that's what karma did for him but but we can debate that to the hell if you know the Phillies ever if the Phillies drafted j d Drew, they wouldn't have the money to draft Pat Burrell, and then you know maybe we never would have been where we were in two thousand and eight
0: mhm no, that's a great that's I a, digress, a, though. A, 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 a great point no, that's a great no, that's a great point, that's a great point, like you said I and mean, you can't stand this it. season, art how an NFL Eli Manning for the whole I don't want to play in San Diego, so you better get me out of here. because I wanna to go to New York. I don't wanna to go to San Diego. So I don't think that's going to happen. But you that's an interesting point to bring up and bring that, you know, those two you know, those two correlations together. Um, we got about twenty something minutes left here on the show. And uh let's talk about one more thing about the Sixers. Uh second round picks, like Tim said, you know, the Sixers got a lot of, of second-round picks now. Yeah, about five second-round picks this year. Now, I personally believe, and Nancy Lee is going to agree, disagree me about the, about the statement, I personally believe that the Sixers will most likely probably use two of those five picks to package and get back into the lead of the first round. I have that feeling. I don't think they're going to use all five picks because that would just be ridiculous to go to the press conference, to watch the press conference on TV, you have six guys sitting on the, uh, sitting on the stage or you already got, like, a roster that's already filled. So I kind of think that they're going to use two of those five picks to move back into the late first round, which is definitely possible because there might be a team like San Antonio that might not need their pick or a team like Golden State at 30 who might want to move back instead and say, well, we don't need to be at 30. We can go in the second round because, you know, we just want NBA Finals. But when we look at the mock drafts that currently just came out, uh, June nineteenth, the latest one, June nineteenth. DraftExpress dot com, which is a great, great resource for any NBA fan, college basketball fan, high school basketball fan. Great resource, literally has everything, the gluttony of knowledge. Has the Sixers at thirty five in the second round, taking Power Forward Raheem Christmas, who averaged seven. who was a big man, six ten, two forty three. He's worked out with the Sixers this this draft this pre draft season. Another guy who's, who's who had a lot of upside but also off-the-court problems, is they have six of their 37 selecting a center and Robert Ush- Upshaw from Washington. And then later, it's shooting guard Michael Frazier from Florida. And then the two later rounds, the two last takes with picks pick 58 and 60, Sean Dawson, international player from, and from Israel, shooting guard small forward, and Cody Lillane as power forward center. But if you think about this, Angel in the second round, and if the Sixers do get a do get a man, you do get a DeAngelo Russell, should the second round be focused on now? We got our we got a point guard. We should go and at least try to get a young big man to develop, just in case. You know, you can't you can't have too many big men in the NBA.
2: Well, well, I can see the need for that at the same time. You're not in a position where you can draft for, for need. You have to
0: yep, pick the best yep. player
2: available, and then just Play build available. around that. Right,
0: you Why? Know, like I like mean, how they did yeah, last I, year I with Jeremy, see, Grant and KJ.
2: They've got a lot of really good pieces. They just need to figure out mm-hmm. how to build around them. And, and right. they have the potential. They have the potential to make the playoffs next year. And it scares me that they're going to try to tank another year again. Just <laughs> oh, to get man. one more like top draft pick because the players that they have, the players that they could potentially draft, they they have a like they have a lot of potential and a lot of like really like good young talent, and it right. it, it scares me to think they're just gonna tag again. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, you to see how everything plays out. But you can't. They they're not in a position to draft for need. They're just not.
0: Right. They won't be for another
2: like two years.
0: Right, and like I said, and and, and, I'm, and I'm glad you pointed out the best player available thing. It's kind of like last year in the second round, how they pulled you know Jeremy Grant and KJ McDaniels in the early part of the second round. Like you said, right? Best KJ, who I wish was a Right, exactly. And then later they draft they uh, drafted Russ Smith and then traded him for the right for Pierre Jackson. And then later they drafted, I think, with pick fifty-eight or sixty. They trade, they drafted Jordan McRae, and we saw, like you said, best player available. Jeremy Grant has developed into a solid role player on this team now. Energy guy, hustle guy, KJ. Somehow they flipped for a for 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 a pick and a, for picking a player. Like thought that they could flip K a second round pick, a rookie at that for a pick, and then. Pierre Jackson, they're going to see what they can get from him in the summer. And then Jordan McRae went over to Australia, balled out, was with the sevens this year, and they're expecting him to see what he does in the summer league to make this team. So Sam Hankey, as we see in these second rounds, has pretty much drafted players that have potential, and like you said, the best player available tagged to him, and he just tries to fit pieces and see where they can work at, like a puzzle. You got about, I
2: guess
0: we'll uh, see what happens. Yeah, definitely. And the draft is uh, this Thursday. This Thursday coming up at, I want to say, 8 p.m. I swear it's 8 p.m. on ESPN. It might be 7 or 8, but definitely it's on ESPN. I know that for sure. But also when it comes to draft coverage, make sure you just keep it, as I said, check out Section 205. We're going to do great stuff, too. Check those guys out. They do a phenomenal job. because of the round Roundtable, so check that out on their site. We're also on Post Live. We're going to do a lot of draft stuff. We got something coming for you, Mister, on Tuesday with a story. I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag, but Angela's gonna do something about the Sixers and the draft. The story, I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag on that one. We'll just have to wait and see, and uh, read about it. But also on Wednesday, the day before the draft, we're going to have um, we're going to have a, an hour long NBA draft podcast. Uh, but we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk all draft. There's going to be all the TSL staff, and we're just going to sit, talk some hoops for an hour or so. So you can join us in on join us in on Wednesday as well to talk some hoops. So we got a lot of good things planned for you uh this week when it comes to the NBA draft. Got about we got about uh fifteen minutes left here on the podcast and Angela, let's talk about who a horrible week it was for at, uh the uh for the Philadelphia Phillies. Wow. I mean, man, it didn't start this week, it started last weekend and did it just get progressively worse. I think it was... No, Jovon, yeah. Jovon, it
2: started, like, three years ago.
0: It started, yeah, like, I, three yeah, years ago. You know, it's funny, because, like... It just, just got worse. It just got worse. Oh, yeah. This, this oh, yeah.
2: Like, something came up with my time hop um, today, actually. And it was almost kind of like a time hop with a time hop, so it was like a time hop inception type thing. But it mm. was, like, I... I feel like this is a nightmare from which I can't wake up. Like, didn't I just headbutt my dad and give him a bloody nose? Like, didn't we just go down to Broad Street and David Wright shot 72 on Wednesday and didn't confetti just rain down from the sky? Like, I looked at it. It was like, well, damn, if I'd only known them what I know now that how much worse it was going to get. Yeah. You know, I, right. I was downtown. I had to run errand downtown this past week. And, Every time I stop by Broad and Sansom, I just kind of stop and go ah, oh, and look around. That's where I that's where I was to the parade, and I swear to God, I've never felt as far away from that specific place in my whole life as I did during that nineteen three loss. They literally threw the white flag out. They literally threw up the white flag, and I don't really hear about literally. Bullpen phones. I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. You you picked up a white tail and waved it in the air. Pick a different yeah. color, for God's sake. Like, take your hat Absolutely. off and wave it like, hey, we can't hear you on the phone. Or, you picked up a white tail and waved it.
0: Yeah, that was, that was just Repres- odd. And you him- and that
2: was awful.
0: And we also saw in that game Jeff Francois get in the game and pitch for two innings, and Chase Utley was not a heavy person on the mound. And, and Wilson
2: Valdez somewhere was pissed.
0: Yes. Yes, Wilson Valdez. Yeah, you already know he was. Somewhere.
2: Wilson Valdez, the only position player to come in and pitch a game and record a win since Babe Ruth. Since Babe Ruth. A few years ago and that was a thing of beauty and then he yeah, and then Jeff Rancor comes in and like gives up how many runs. And it's like, Oh, he is a first edition player since Wilson Valdez. Wilson Valdez got the win and Wilson Valdez went out there and killed it. Somewhere he right, is exactly. Like, man, that was like that was like the thing that I did in my career. Then this guy comes in as like a as a clown in a, a sixteen run deficit and my, my stuff gets eclipsed. Like he, you know somewhere he's pissed about that.
0: You're definitely dude, you're definitely in 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 that game, like you said. Frank Gore was put in the situation down sixteen. <sighs> Chase Utley gets mad at the bullpen coach. Pretty much just you know tells tell him how he feels. Time's man. Oh, but no, but when we think about time, we got mad. Remember last weekend when Ken Giles got pissed at Sandberg because Sandberg told him to walk Alvarez. And then after, they are all they got a bunch of evil
2: minds. They are all a bunch <laughs> of evil minds running this team, from the friggin' general manager down. Why do you think that Pat Gillick is not giving Ruben any authority to do anything anymore? Pat Gillick is the one running this team at this point. Ruben's out of mm-hmm. the job at the end of the year, and so is Ryan Sandberg. And if you don't see the writing on the wall, then you're friggin' blind.
0: Oh, I see. We all, yeah, right. Yeah, we is, see. It.
2: Pat Gillick came out of retirement to try to salvage whatever semblance is left of this team.
0: Right, right. So if
2: you honestly don't believe that Ruben and Ryan are out of a job at the end of the year, then you're blind, and I really need whatever rose-colored glasses that you're wearing.
0: Yeah, that's what it definitely looks like, and it looks like whoever – Wow, this is this, this is this is you know, this what this week has also shown me and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We talked about this on the podcast. What this week has also shown me is the young talent well some of the people aren't they're not young, like twenty one, twenty twenty, twenty one years old. But just the talent that the Philadelphia have in their minor league system, it is something there. It's there in their Finally starting to use it a little bit. Just finally starting. Took him about a minute. But I'm starting to see little glimpses of what's in that system. And it looks like we might got something. I mean, Mikel Franco has just been pretty much out, uh, outstanding this season. Coming in really taking over that third base uh, spot pretty well. He's just been outstanding. Um, who else? I know I'm probably blanking on a couple people. We saw on my pitch on Friday night. Not good. No, yeah, no, uh, really yeah.
2: See, here's the thing. As much as I really, honestly believe in some of the young talent that is coming up in the Phillies organization, the mm-hmm. young talent that that exists now, still to me, will never negate what Ruben did to decimate this team. That farm system was rich, and look, you know, I was part of the whole Fire Ed Wade campaign. Like, I'm old enough to have been part of that. You know, I understand it, but you have to be realistic in the fact that, you know, that team that won the World Series in 2008, the ones that were drafted here, they were all Ed, Ed Wade's draft techs.
0: That's the truth. And he we was. acted
2: like, and we acted like Ed Wade was a dumbass when he was working in Houston, and he we treated mm-hmm. him all this shit like for all the players. Oh, thanks, Ed Wade. Obviously, but knew what He on was your doing?
0: knew what he was doing.
2: Exactly, he knew what he was doing because those were guys that he drafted. Those were guys that he wanted. Those were guys that he drafted. Mm-hmm. Was he was mm-hmm. he not a good general manager? He was a bad guy. He was a terrible general manager, general manager. But he was a he was an good. awesome talent scout. That's why exactly. they hired him back. You know, what has Ruben done in terms of drafting any really good talent? Not much.
0: Mm-hmm. Not well, much. I think.
2: And, we, and the talent, we and the talent that we last had. Two
0: Who do we credit you last two drafts to? It shouldn't be Ruben, right? I'm assuming, no.
2: No. I think, like, I think you have to give credit to, like, Dave Montgomery. I think that Dave Montgomery yeah. finally Middleton realized Middleton and that and Ruben was
0: to, right.
2: Yeah, they, they they all kind of realize like Ruben's a boob, like Boobin. But you
1: know,
2: like you—that's the one thing you can never take away from Ed Wade that he was a horrible mm-hmm. general manager, but he drafted really well. And we don't win that really World did. Series without we don't win that World Series without him drafting as smart as he did. So he knew right. what he was doing, and then you had Ruben take over, and like Ruben with his great poker face and his blockbuster trades. It's like.
0: Like you yeah, know, we're gonna get we're gonna get hundred
2: yeah, like, yeah, everything we're your predecessor did, then, everything your predecessor did that would have been great for this organization. You were like, oh, okay, well let's just send them all off together. And then what do you do? The team doesn't work out for you in a year and a half. Like you don't give them time to gel together. It was kind of like the baseball equivalent right. of the dream team for the Eagles. You right. don't really give them time to like get together and like learn how to play together. You put. Mm-hmm. Hundred pence in a cleanup spot, which is not right. his role. He's not a clean up no. hitter. He's not gonna sit no. there and like bang you home runs like left and right. That's yeah, not his role. I guess maybe that's a is that a theme with like Philadelphia athletes, like same thing with Andre Garala. They expected him to be the superstar of the team. Well that's not what he is. He is a Swiss Army knife and when he was finally used in a team that could use him for his strength, he flourished. So it's like, uh-huh. well, no, Hunter Pence, Hunter Pence was never supposed to be your cleanup hitter. He was never going to carry your team to victory. He's like a three hole yeah. hitter. He's like maybe like a six hole hitter. He's not a cleanup hitter.
0: Right.
2: They never, you know, he, he- made all these blockbuster trades, and guess what? They don't work out. So what does he do? He sells all these guys back that he paid exuberant amounts for. And, and and the farm system has nothing, has nothing. And then he has the brass balls to say that we don't understand the game. No, I understand the game perf- perf- perfectly. I understand the fact understand. that you right. completely exactly. depleted the farm system and that you have right. no exactly. idea what the hell you're doing. Yeah. You don't care I about the farm you continue system to ra- you Yep. And you continue to raise ticket prices. When you Mm -hmm. put a subpar product Out on the field And then you wonder why we don't all go out And yes, bandwagon jumpers aside I am one of those people that Mm -hmm. said I hope you all break your ankle when you jump off the bandwagon And I still feel that way but me, personally, as a diehard Phillies fan, since I was, like, a child, mm-hmm. I only have right. a, finite, a finite amount of entertainment dollars to spend. And I'm sorry that I don't have 20 bucks for parking and 40 bucks for a ticket and then $8 a beer and then, like, 6 bucks for a shitty slice of pizza and, like, for this, that, and the third. Like, I don't have money to spend, like, to go to the ballpark and spend, like, 80 bucks in a day. And that's what most of us are at, at this point. Like, look, if you're going to put a decent product in the field, then, yeah, we'll go spend the money and go out and say it. But... You know, I'm not going to spend my entertainment dollars on going out and you know watching you lose 19 to three or six to nothing, or watch your ace go out there and pitch a hell of a game and like throw a one nothing game, and then you can't even you can't even get him two runs right. to win. It's just it's it, it, we we are. So, I, as I said I when I walked down Broad Street and I stopped in front of Broad and Sansom, I had never felt as far away from that that geographical location in my life as I did when with that whole game the other night. And I just kind of finally realized, like, this is it. Like, this is over. Like, the the whole dynasty that they could have had and, you know, the winning record that they could have had, this is all over. This is, you know, mm-hmm. they're never really going to be that good again in our life, in our lifetime. It's just not going to happen. At least not no. with the general manager and the management system that we have. Like, not the,
0: yeah. you know,
2: not the GM, not the, not the man, like not, they need like a complete overhaul and maybe Pat Gillick will be the man to bring it to us. But at this point in time, I have like zero faith. And I hate to say that because I was that person that was like, you got to have faith and spell it with a PH. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Baseball was my first love, and so were the Phillies. And it's just, like, when they won the World Series, I was so ecstatic. Like, I was a fan before all y'all. Like, you guys only like because they're trendy. Like, get all me. And now mm-hmm. it's like, damn, man, they really suck. And it's terrible. And it's like, I don't even want to watch them anymore. I used to watch every single game. It's, it's just... Right.
0: Yeah. I feel the same way. It's like pulling teeth when you're watching them. Just like, uh I don't want to waste my time, my three hours sitting here watching them. I'll go do something they,
2: else. They get the only one nothing and it's over. They have no offense. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly, exactly. That's what I say to myself every time I turn on the game. I say whoever gets the five will win. Whoever gets the five runs will win. Like that's how I look at it. If you get the five, the Phillies get the five runs, they'll win. But if the other team does, it's game over. Because like you said, they can't score a lick or run. But like you said, like, the farm system was depleted, and we're seeing the talent that they did trade away. in Houston starting to flourish. The the Domingo, Santana, um, um, Cosart, what he's doing in Miami. um, Singleton. Yep, Singleton. So the talent is still Mm there, in development. And that's what they (laughs) gave away for 100 pence. And then when they traded 100 pence to San San Francisco, the guys that they really have gotten back have not really – Lost to anything, so now they're dependent on draft picks to really pick up their slack. So JP Crawford is now in A Reading and now Aaron and you know in triple A funny, So there's
2: you know the really funny so thing is no right because I mm-hmm. I like I like Hunter Pence's page on Facebook because I did when he was here, and I what? obviously I didn't unlike it because he's so awesome. And you know how many San Francisco fans always say on his post like, "Thank you, Philadelphia, for trading him to us. You stupid." you know, blankety-blanks. Right. So many San Francisco mm-hmm. Giants fans are like, thank you for trading into us. Like, you have no idea what you gave up. Like, your loss is our game. Like, you guys are a bunch of dumbass, like, you know. And I, I read that every time, and I'm like, yeah, you guys are right. We all, we, you know, our management was a bunch of dumbasses that traded him away. Like, I hope you enjoy him. I only wish he would come back to us at some point.
0: Yeah, but right. I see that all the
2: time they're all like oh thanks for trading them to us like you guys have no idea what you gave up it's like no no we just have like really really bad management
0: right we know we know we gave yeah, up we know what, yeah them. we
2: know we gave up but they act like it wasn't really that 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 big of a thing
0: yeah definitely so we'll see what happens with the Phillies the rest of the summer and trade deadlines. It's going to be interesting but we're not going to focus on those guys. We're going to focus on the other three teams there in the city that are trying to do something collectively better during these next couple of months. And you know that's what we're to show here tonight. We have a uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in tonight. We had a good one. We'd like to thank uh, we like to thank Tim for coming on once again. Great great guy does phenomenal. He does a phenomenal work on on section two one five dot com on the fan titan network. We're definitely gonna have Tim back on, especially with the trade deadline. This said did fantastic job tonight. Make sure you check out his make sure you check out your stuff at section 215com dot com. Make sure you follow Tim on Twitter at Tim underscore two one five. Check that out as well. And guys, make sure you keep in tune with what's going on, sports live. We're gonna be running out some stuff this uh this week. A lot of MLB with done with the prospects and the majors this year while we drop, we're gonna be rolling out a couple of stories. Sixers draft coverage when we're rolling out some stuff, especially about D'Angelo Russell. I just let out another hint, but you'll figure out more on Tuesday. Um, we're going to be probably rolling out some Flyers NHL stuff, but that's pretty much it. Follow us on Twitter. Check out totalfirstlive dot com for Jovan and Angela. Everybody have a good night. Stay safe, and we'll uh, and we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night. Bye, everyone.